so regularly do children fight against the impossible that they never realize what they've done when they win. Tales of the Void presents Flyboy. Donnie goes up, then crashes down. He stands back up and goes for another round. No one could remember who first shouted out the little rhyme, but it caught on like wildfire. Now, whenever the gang watched as Donnie attempted a flight, it inevitably filled the air. Donnie didn't care either way. His mind was set on the skies. He'd been fascinated with flight ever since he was a baby. His mother would bring him outside for some fresh air, and he would stare ceaselessly at every bird that flew into view. At one point, his mother was so worried he would hurt his eyes, she placed a large pair of sunglasses and a brimmer hat on to protect him. If he wanted to watch the birds, he'd have to endure the embarrassing accessories. Ten years later, his fantasies of flight were only limited by his imagination. Donnie goes up, then crashes down. He stands back up and goes for another round. The other kids' voices chanted once more, as if signaling a countdown in Donnie's head. He stood atop Peak Hill, nicknamed for the view it gave of the local swimming pool, focusing on the field before him. His arms, strapped inside balsa wood wings, covered in feathers of cut-up cardboard. A tail made of more wood was tied to his back, with several pieces of PVC pipe glued to the base. In the air, he would straighten his legs and slip them between the wood and the pipes. That way, his feet wouldn't drag below him, and his streamlined body could catch the air currents more smoothly. As far as flight attempts went, this one felt pretty good. When he was a boy, a younger boy at least, he'd try things like jumping off the roof with an umbrella, or launching himself into the air from the swing set. While the former netted him a broken ankle, the latter turned into a fun game between him and his friends. No one ever did get as far as Donnie did, but they all tried and laughed at each other's attempts. Once Donnie realized this was no way to get airborne, he moved on to his next idea and never leapt off the swings again. Donnie goes up, then crashes down. He stands back up and goes for another round. Come on, Donnie, you've got it this time, yelled his friend Juan after their chant. Yeah, he's got a chance, all right. The same chance as a rock. Don't you tease him, Terry. A girl named Melissa shouted at the disparaging boy. You're too chicken to even climb on top of the monkey bars. I am not. Terry responded, his face going red with embarrassment. You both should shut up. It looks like he's about to jump, said Brent, the final member of their gang. As the largest kid of the group, they tended to listen to him. Melissa stuck her tongue out at Terry before turning to watch Donnie in silence. Terry stared on in annoyance. Where Donnie's desire to fly came from, he couldn't truly tell you. He just knew, deep in his heart, that it was the only thing he wanted. More than the newest PlayStation or the biggest candy bar. More than the freedom of summer or the annual family camping trip. He wanted to soar. With that desire filling him up, he took the last few steps back in preparation for takeoff. The unfamiliar weight and bounce from his wings made his first steps forward slow and awkward. 
As he reached the halfway point, he found his rhythm and picked up speed. At the base of the hill, the others watched in unhindered excitement. As each step got him closer, the others found themselves leaning forward more, trying to get a better look. Donnie's foot hit the edge, and he jumped! He raised his wings and pulled his feet back simultaneously. As he attempted to find the bar attached to his tail, he flapped down with his wings. In what would have been obvious to adults, but not children, was that the wings did nothing to slow his fall. He dropped the seven or so feet down and landed chest first on the slope of the hill. The impact knocked the air from his lungs, but his trip wasn't finished, and he tumbled the remainder of the way down. His tail shredded apart, and his wings snapped in piercing cracks. Bits of cardboard flew up into the air and wafted down. He finally hit the bottom and stopped. There he lay face down, battered and bruised, scraped and bloody. The remainder of his flight suit left behind him like a disastrous trail of breadcrumbs. Donnie! The group shouted in fear. Juan and Terry were the first to move. Juan running towards his friend, Terry running away. Terry made a beeline home, hoping he wouldn't get in trouble like he expected the others would. Melissa and Brent stared at Terry's retreat in disgust, before turning and moving towards Donnie and Juan. The three stood over Donnie's body, looking down at him. Donnie, you okay, man? You're not supposed to touch him, Melissa said, remembering something she'd seen on TV. We've got to turn him over at least. He, he might not be able to breathe like that. He's breathing, Brent pointed out. You can see his back moving. Then why won't he speak? Maybe because he doesn't want to? That was a pretty bad fall. He missed the couch cushions by a mile. Donnie gave a large sniffle, doing what he could to rein in his tears. He'd bitten the inside of his cheek during the fall and felt a stream of blood coating his mouth. The rest of his body hurt too, but he'd expected that. Having a mouthful of blood would scare anybody. It's okay, Donnie. We don't care if you're crying, Melissa said, placing her hand lightly on his shoulder. He shuddered at her touch, but she kept it there. You're probably hurt really bad, but we can't tell unless you roll over. Can you do that for us? He nodded his head in the dirt. Okay, we'll give you some room. Melissa and Brent stepped backwards. Juan wanted to help roll him over, but Brent pulled him away by the collar. After a few more seconds, Donnie rolled onto his back. His friends winced at the state he was in. Covered in dirt like he was, along with the rips, tears, and growing bloodstains on his clothes, Donnie did not look good. You need to wash and get some band-aids on those cuts. You want us to help you home? Donnie doubted he could speak with how close he felt to crying, so he just nodded his head once again. Okay, we got you, Brent said. Slowly, the three helped him up and got him home. Later that night, after getting some first aid from his mom, Donnie snuck out of his house and returned to Peak Hill. The night was quiet except for the chirp of crickets. The sky was free of any clouds, allowing the light from the moon to shine down at his earlier failure. This was nothing new for Donnie. With every failure, a new idea came into his head. Even knowing that, he felt drained of everything. He looked up like he did so many nights before 
and imagine flying among the clouds, gazing at stars, even going with the geese as they migrated. Those thoughts and more rushed through his head. As his desire grew, it overcame his pain, and he jumped straight up, only to come down right away. Again and again he jumped, wishing he could be in the air already. What did he need to do? Why wasn't his best enough? He wanted this more than anyone could imagine, but it wasn't happening. Why? 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 And then he was gone. His parents disappeared later that night. Rumors spread throughout the suburb of what had happened. Terry started a rumor that his family were drug dealers. The cops had raided their home that night and carted them all off to jail. Others thought that his dad had gotten a new job suddenly and moved the family overnight to save Donnie the pain of saying goodbye to his friends. Someone even commented that it was probably the city. Donnie kept hurting himself on city grounds. They were probably afraid his family would sue, so they told them all to move away. No one knew for sure, and no one saw any of them again. Many years later, Juan was busy captaining a flight cross-country with a full compartment when he looked out into the cloudy sky. So high in the air, he could see for miles in every direction. Off to the side, popping out of a cloud, Juan would swear he spotted his old friend Donnie. There he was, flying, like it was the most natural thing, looking the same as the last day he'd seen him. His parents flew beside him in a V formation, each one of them with the biggest smiles Juan had ever seen. Juan shook his head and rubbed his eyes, and when he looked back out into the sky, there was nothing there. In the past, Juan had spent a lot of time mourning the loss of his friend. Now, he gazed forward with a grin. Tales to the Void is a collection of stories written and performed by Jake McFlitty. Music and production by Robert Labney. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Until next time.